Amen. We're on the home stretch. Hey, if you haven't uh, been a part of the corporate fast yet and you want to, hey, there's a, there's a week left. You can jump in on the tail end if you'd like to do that. Maybe you've never fasted before or anything. We have, uh, um, I think our newsletter is still out there on the table uh, and it comes in email. There's some instructions in there that might help you if this is your first time. Also, some, some may wonder, um, we're, we've been talking about prayer and fasting. Why are we even fasting? What the, what the heck is that all about? And uh, on, I think it was December 30th, I believe, it was uh, the last Sunday in December, I did a, a sermon called Why Fast? So that would answer all of your questions, if, uh, hopefully. And if you have more, you can call us. But man, it's such an important thing to every once in a while do something intentional to kill your flesh and activate your spirit. And, and we, we kill our flesh by fasting and going, sometimes, most of the time throughout scripture, it's, it's going without food. We, we've also encouraged you, maybe, maybe for some health reasons, you can't go without food, but you could cut out TV, right, and movies and social media and all of that stuff. There, you could do something to, uh, to really kill the flesh and activate the spirit. Um, super important. We're doing that as a church right now. Um, all of us together as we're heading into the new year and we're just saying, God, um, we come into agreement with your heart over this church and over this city. Um, we're, we're praying for um, that the best is yet to come. We're praying for revival. We're, we're just contending for the things that are on his heart. Um, in fact, uh, last week uh, we had a Sunday night prayer time and we had a, I don't know, um, I wonder if, you know, do I have an usher in here still? We, here. I'm just going to do this. Uh, hey, Kevin, would you, would you grab, go into that storage room? Maybe take, a, maybe take some, another guy with you. There, is, there should be a whiteboard in there that has a bunch of writing on it. I hope they didn't erase it. I want to show. I just, you guys all right with this? A little pause for station identification. All right. Fred knows right where it's at. While he's doing that, Bruce, is that, uh, you remember that, uh, that uh, prayer request from last week that you said, is that public? Is that something that you can share at all, any of it? Um, um, so b before you do that, I want to show you guys. Bring that, would you, would you men bring that up here? Man, this was, this was such a cool thing. You can, come, you can come up, Bruce. We can just kind of just, this is just family up here, right? All right. Oh, look. So, so I want to tell you what this is. We had this whiteboard up here last Sunday night, and there was oh I don't know fifteen of us, and even even my my oldest daughter Kaylee and everybody during their time of prayer was just writing names, the the names and faces they could remember. Sometimes they would initial, and they just just started people that they just said Jesus, we want we want these people saved, and even people like like Ellen DeGeneres came on the board. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, th so there were celebrities, and then there was like family members, and I just thought that was cool. Thank you guys, thank you guys so much. All right, can you take that back? No, <laughs> making you work on Sunday. Hey, and one of those prayer requests on there that we were contending for in prayer, I think it was like the next day there was an answer. Yeah, don't you was. like 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 real time answers to prayer? <laughs> I, I can it. tell you now. I couldn't tell you then because the event is now passed, so it's okay. But um, the Todd Becker Foundation has been um, having an enemy, and it's not any news, the FFRF. Anyway, they put this one guy up in Iowa, and uh, he has, they had a contract signed, 
and you're coming and then he at the last minute got this letter from the FFRF and it's a scare tactic we're going to sue your school and he just said forget it we're done you can't come and they said well it's Friday if you change your mind we want to come so Monday call us and we'll still come and we went to prayer that night um, they had prayer in their office we had prayer here we wrote all I can tell you is his name is Joe and he's the superintendent in one of the schools from Iowa where they just came from and he he said no way you're not coming I don't care if we have to pay a penalty you, you can't come we don't want to be sued and so we began to pray that night, I really felt that something had broken, and, and uh, when you go to make something prayer, everything's possible with the Lord, so you just really push it through. Um, the next, that was Sunday night, the next day, Monday, in the afternoon, they got the word, he suddenly relented and said, you can come. But that, that was a war, <laughs> that was a battle, and God did it. Praise God. So, hey, I'd say all that to say we're going to do prayer again tonight and prayer again next week. I would encourage you to just come out and uh, um, your prayers matter. I'm actually going to talk about prayer this morning. And so if you think, oh, my prayers don't matter, listen to this and then and then um, and then you'll be encouraged and then you can come tonight and, and try it out. So uh, so today the, the topic today in our prayer series is called teach us to pray. And uh, our main thought you'll probably see here on the board in just a second. It just says this when you talk to God. He listens and responds. Now, this may sound simple, and I'll, I'll tell you, as I, as I teach today, um, there's a lot of this that for some of us in this room, it's just going to be, it's going to be a refresher, and for some of us in the room, it's going to be brand new, but um, I believe that God can share um, brand new stuff in our spirit, even as we, um, even as we hear uh, familiar scripture and familiar thoughts. Does that make sense? Um, and so I want to make sure that we're all on the same page because this is super important. This is like, uh, there, there are some pillars or foundations of our faith. One of them is prayer. Why is prayer so important? Because, because it's, it's, like, it's like how we communicate with God. It's a relationship. Some people say, well, why do we have to pray? Because God knows it all anyways. And have you ever thought that? Even if you didn't say it out loud, didn't you ever think that? You're like, why do I have to pray? He already knows. He already knows what I'm going to say. Uh, there's this, there is an aspect to prayer. That it, it is like that. He does know what you're going to say, but this is relationship. This is, he, he actually, he could, he could like sprinkle pixie dust or speak a word or do whatever and make something happen. And for some reason, God chose in his wisdom to use you and to use me to make things happen on this earth. We are, we are like his delivery agents. And, and I, don't, I, I don't question him. I, it doesn't, I'm like, well, you could just make it happen if you wanted, but for whatever reason, in his mind, he decides he wants to use you, and he wants to use me, and he wants to use this relationship um, that we have. It's, it's, this, is, this isn't just another religion um, out of all the religions on the earth. This is relationship with Jesus. Uh, in fact, I don't even care if you call yourself a Christian. I care if you call yourself a Christ follower, Right? Like, I follow Jesus. Like, he's, he's everything to me. He's my savior. He, like, we have a relationship. We talk. We talk daily, right? And so what is prayer? Prayer is just a bottom line. Prayer is just talking to God. And so uh, there's people that, uh, now, uh, I'm not making fun of you if you've ever asked me this. Um, 
But for, for a pastor, it's kind of funny because I'll, I'll go out to eat with somebody or I'll go over to their house for, for a dinner or we'll be out somewhere and someone will look and, and before, you, before you eat, you got to pray and they'll look around, oh, oh pastor, would you, please, would you please offer the prayer? And, and it's funny, of course I will. I mean, I'm, I'm a professional prayer uh, person. So, you know, I do, I, I do that, do that for a living. Uh, but it's, isn't it kind of funny that we think that way? Like, for some reason, if the pastor prays, it's a little bit more like, there's a little bit more heat on that. Like, it gets answered a little bit faster. Like, the other stuff is like snail mail, and the pastor is like, like you know, instant like text message uh, communication. And, um, and I, just, I want you to know it's just, it's not like that. In fact, it doesn't matter. Now, I've, I, I talk for a living every week. I come up with, in fact, um, a friend of mine over at, uh, the, some of you may know Mitch Ivey, who's the uh, pastor at Grace Fellowship. And, and we were talking one day. He says, I, he says, Jonathan, I was telling somebody, they were asking, what is it like to like, preach a sermon every week? And he's like, well, imagine like when you were in school and you had to like come up with like a research paper every week and then you had to like do an oral report. Like every every week, right? And like, so, I, so I talk for a living, so uh, even my prayers sometimes sound better than your prayers, right? Just because I, you know, they just come out, flowy, and, and, and then I'm a little bit more, like, uh, I wanted to be um, a drama major and, and theater major, and, and, I, and so there's some of me that's even a little more demonstrative, right? And I can, you know, and man, his prayers must really count because like, like he's louder than me and, or he's more, he's got facial expressions when he prays, <laughs> whatever it might be. Can I just say that, uh, knock it off because God hears you and listens to you and responds to you. It doesn't matter, you might, you may be one that stutters when you pray or you might not know the right verse. You might quote a verse and, and, and say that it's from, you know, Exodus when it's actually in the New Testament. It, like it doesn't matter, like God, God hears you, listens to you, responds to you. you th- we say all the time in here that there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no junior Holy Spirit for our children. There's no junior Holy Spirit for you. You've got the full meal deal right there. Do I need to talk any more about that? You guys believe me? So prayer is the communication aspect of our relationship with God. Uh, communication is vital to any relationship. If you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a very good relationship with God. Like if there's not, if there's not prayer happening in your, in your life at some level, there's something wrong because prayer is the life blood between you and the Lord. Now, um, you know, prayer, prayer is often out loud. Sometimes prayer, um, like I'll have a prayer journal where I'll write some prayers out. Um, so, you know, so you can write prayers. Sometimes there's silent prayers. But can I tell you, um, prayer is designed for you to move your lips and your tongue for your vocal cords to, to activate and for there to be sound that reverberates off of your mouth and for things to happen when you speak out loud and formulate words with your mouth. Like, it is super important. So even if you're not one that speaks in public, I challenge you when you're in your car by yourself or when you're in the shower and nobody's around or whatever, like, talk out loud. Why? You say, why, Pastor Jonathan? Why is it so important to pray out loud? Because I'll tell you a few reasons. Um, uh, One is you hear you. You're like, oh, I do believe what I just said. Right? You hear you. Um, The other thing is the devil hears you. Contrary to popular opinion, the devil doesn't read your mind. Sometimes I got to just let the devil know what's going on. 
that, that I'm a child of God and that, I, and that I know that I'm a child of God and, and I'll, I'll speak those prayers out loud so that I'm serving him notice that things are happening, that we're not just sitting by. Does that make sense? I, you hear you, he hears you. I, I think uh, for some reason, just in, in my mind, I think God likes it when you talk out loud. I think he likes to hear you too. Oh, man. Um, there, you know, I just have some different examples of, um, you know, God answering prayers. You know, even when I was a little kid, I probably shared this in here before. When I was a little kid, I was probably no, no older than, than like, um, well, maybe just a little bit older, older than my, my middle daughter, Ari. I was probably five, and she just turned four. And my dad was mowing the lawn in the backyard. And if you've, if you've ever mowed the lawn, isn't it so frustrating when, you, when you're almost done and there's like one strip left and like you run out of gas or it breaks or whatever and you're like what am I going to do what am I going to do get some scissors or like, like I got a strip a strip left and my dad was at that place and my dad's a pastor and he's now he's now a missionary and uh, I, 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 I tell you the truth he, he didn't cuss but I knew if I could read his mind there were some things going on and I was five years old dad was frustrated it was hot we were living in Arizona hot 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 sweating the lawnmower it wouldn't go and he was doing this for a long time and little five-year-old Jonathan comes out and says well dad did you pray about it and he like he could have thrown me <laughs> you know and he uh and he said no he says he says um, you pray <laughs> right right and uh so I did and and then uh I was waiting and I said aren't you gonna try it and he tried it, and it worked just like that. I mean, I, you, you guys, you guys can, can explain that away however you want to explain it. My little five-year-old mind said my prayer worked, lawnmower works, we're good. I've always used that as a story. Um, and there, there's all kinds of things. I remember when my grandma, my grandma, there was a little, just a little step coming into a house, just like this, just a little step down into a house in Arizona, and we were all going over there for something. My grandma stepped down and fell, twisted her ankle. The doctor said she would never walk normally um, ever again. And uh, I was a teenager then. I think, I don't know, probably 16 years old or something. We're at grandma's house, and she's just sitting there, and I just come over and just put my hand on her ankle. Just, can, can I pray? Yes, you can pray. I pray, and, and I don't know. It, it was probably within a week. Like, the thing was better and amazing doctors and all of this. I'm like, I'm like look at these. Come on, give me some more, <laughs> right? You know, like it, it works, it happens. Um, just, uh, just recently, uh, I, was, I was on the phone with somebody. Um, they had been, literally been sick for over three weeks and just called. I'll tell you what, you know, prayer, prayer works over the phone. I prayed, we, we worked through some stuff and, and took authority and all the things you, you got to do and, and uh, um, texted him later that night. How are things going? They're like, uh, he, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, yeah, I absolutely would believe it. You wouldn't believe it. Like, I am completely, completely better. Everything reset. And isn't that cool? Isn't that just awesome? Like, God answers prayer. He answers your prayers. Um, I, I mean, Bruce, even Bruce, right? Even your prayer. That, um, that was kind of a tongue-in-cheek. Luke chapter 11 there's uh, Luke 11 and Matthew 6 is where we find um, the Lord's Prayer the um, the kind of classic famous anybody ever heard of the Lord's Prayer anybody anybody in here are, are we alive today 
Okay, one, one person heard the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is most famous in Matthew 6, but it's also in Luke 11. We're going to look at both of those today in, um, in this title, Teach Us to Pray. Um, Luke chapter 11, uh, starting verse 1 in the NIV, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, this is, this is my, first, my first pause in Scripture for us today is this. Jesus was praying in a certain place. You guys might know where I'm going with this, but if, man, if you're wanting to develop a prayer life, would you, would you find a certain place? Like, you can pray all day long, anywhere you want, on your way, going and coming, and everywhere you want to do, but um, like some of the best prayers happen when you find a certain place. When you cultivate that certain place with the Lord, the, the Bible calls it the secret place. Like when it, it can be an actual location or it can, it can be kind of an inner location. But, but whatever it is, it's a certain place. Jesus was in a certain place when he prayed. Man, I, I bet whenever he went to that certain place that things happened. Psalm 91 talks about the secret place. A lot of times here, like in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about um, we pray to the Lord who is in what? In, in heaven or in, in secret. I, I, I look at this as I read different scriptures and I put it together. Uh, uh, God is in heaven. God is in the secret place. I go to the secret place. Ephesians uh, 2 says that I'm seated in heavenly realms. It's like when I, when I go to my prayer closet, when I kind of get alone with God and activate my spirit, like I'm in the secret place. He's in the secret place. Uh, he's in heavenly realms. I'm in heavenly realms. Somehow I just think that that secret place is like heavenly realms. It's just in the way my, my, my brain works. I encourage you, find a certain place. Find a quiet place. Find a place. It doesn't have to be long, but it does have to be um, a certain place. In fact, uh, a certain place, maybe you should also have a certain time. You know, that any, the, like, nothing ever happens good by accident unless it's like super glue on the post-it notes, right? Like, like nothing ever happens good by accident. And it, when you're intentional with your walk with God, um, things, things are going to grow. If you're, if you, man, if you have a certain place and a certain time and, and you've got a certain, man, I'll tell you, over time, it might sound kind of awkward at first and, you're, and, and it might be like five minutes and it might seem like an hour. I'll tell you what, you do that certain place and that certain time over and over again for a month and then over and over again for another couple months. Eventually, it's like that five minutes starts to turn into 10 minutes, starts to turn into 15 minutes, and you start to realize, wait, this is easier than I thought. It's just talking to God. How many of you think it's a good idea to talk to God? All right, now we're getting hands up. I ask, I ask questions that, like, if you didn't raise your hand, then, then you're that person, right? You know. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, everyone say this, teach us to pray. Do you know what that tells me? Prayer can be taught. You know, you can learn how to pray. Some of you in this room, you're saying, man, I just, I'm just not a very good pray, prayer person. I'm not a prayer. How do you say that? I don't know. And you might say, Pastor Jonathan, I just, I just don't know how to pray very good. I'd say, man, let me teach you. Let me teach you. Or what about like the disciples? Would you just hang out with somebody that's, a, that's really good at praying? Maybe you need to hang around people that know how to pray. You're like, you're, if, if Anybody think it's, you don't have to raise your hand because I'm not getting very good response in here, but, but man, if you're in this room and you think, I just want to grow in my prayer walk, anybody think it's a good idea, even if it's in your head, 
Anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. Do you think it might be a good idea to hang out with people that know how to pray? In fact, you might not come out. I'm not trying to do a plug. Yeah, I am. You might not come out for a Sunday night prayer meeting because, man, I'm just, I'm just not as good as some of those guys that, like, come out on an extra night of the week and pray. I, I might sound silly. Maybe you just want to come and sit in the back and listen. Maybe you want to come and hear other people pray so that you can start to develop your prayer life and language and all of that. I, I just think I like this, that these guys thought, man, Lord, can you teach us to pray? John taught his disciples to pray. Could you teach us to pray? Maybe that would be our heart this morning. Father, would you teach us to pray? Hang around people who have a prayer life. A um, couple things for me. This might help you. Um, in our church, in our flavor of church, we, we believe in um, prayer language. Uh, in other words, like speaking in tongues, a heavenly language. That may not be something that you've ever experienced. I'd love to pray with you. Some of our prayer teams would love to pray with you. And, and, I, and I, I'll tell you what, the moment that that happens, the, the two things that have taken my prayer life to another level, number one, speaking in tongues, because <laughs> any of you ever been praying, and you're like, I got nothing. You know, like you're praying and you like run out of English words and you're just like, yeah, I just don't even know. Like, man, that's where it's great to have a heavenly prayer language because when I'm speaking in tongues and I'm praying in tongues, like it's like something else takes, so I don't even have to know what I'm praying about. I'm just speaking in tongues. I could be praying for like, like a kid in China for all I know. And God just takes my prayer language and he accomplishes things in the spirit and, and we're good. Like, so speaking in tongues i'll tell you what if you want your prayer life to go to another level like seek it out like find someone to pray with you even if it takes you like 5 10 20 30 different times would you just say i'm gonna get my prayer language if it's the last thing i do now take your prayer life to another you want to know what the other thing is memorizing scripture man if i could if i could say there's two things that have just like elevated my prayer life it's like the more scripture i know and the more i speak in tongues like, it's like uh, memorizing scripture, like uh, how often am I praying? Am I praying for someone or in my own, my own secret place? I'm praying for my family. And it's just like the word of God just comes out of my mouth. Just because I've memorized it. Uh, uh, there were times like when I was in, when I was like in Bible school where I actually I had to memorize scripture and, and like get tested on it and all that stuff. And oh my goodness. And, uh, but the more that I'm in the word, the word just starts, just comes inside of me. And, and as I read it and read it and study it and, and there's scriptures and sometimes I might not remember the reference, but, but his word's in me. I'll tell you what, you pray his word. It'll take your prayer life to a whole nother. You don't have to make up your own words then. You just pray his words. Does that sound like a good idea? All right. So he was in a certain place, and then they, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think some of those are good ideas. Luke, Luke 11, um, that, right after that, then it would go into the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11, and, uh, which uh, Matthew 6, I think, has a little bit more of a complete version. So I skip over to Matthew 6. We can look at Matthew 6 here um, on the screen. And Matthew 6, starting in verse 9, so Jesus responds, and it's the same story in Luke 11 as it is in, in Matthew 6. And so Jesus is responding to them, and he says, well, this then is how you should pray. And some of you know this. This is in the NIV. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so, in fact, some of the churches maybe that you grew up in like said this every week, and maybe you stood up and said it. I don't know. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then some of your versions, usually the King James says, for yours is the what? The kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. There's a couple of things I, I learned about this. I, I, I've taught on the Lord's Prayer. In fact, uh, uh, former pastor of this church, Pastor Greg Mast, uh, woo like he he was telling me he was telling me this he's like man I've I've been I've studied the Lord's prayer all my life and he could go through this whole, in fact we we've gone out and he's like verse by verse this is what I wanted to do this morning like instead of like a verse like there's all kinds of things um, in this that are just just amazing like you you go through oh, watch like our Father you could spend a whole sermon on talking about our Father couldn't you. Like you could spend a whole whole sermon talking about how he's in heaven and or or how it would be your like there's like what about his kingdom coming and his will being done like there, you see how I'm saying like we could we could break it down we could go we could do like a 12 week sermon series on the Lord's prayer this is what I thought this morning is um, maybe this was more of a model and not a formula more of a description and not a prescription like there's some really good stuff in here. Like, really, really good stuff in the Lord's Prayer. But I think over time, it's become like a, like a, like this is a model. Like this is, or, or I'm sorry, not, not a, this is a formula. <coughs> this is, like, I, I do this, this, and this. All right, wait. It's like we put a, put a quarter in a cosmic gumball machine in the sky and hope to get an answer out or something. Like, the disciples come to Jesus. Lord, teach us to pray, because they're getting answers. Ooh, this, great. All right, and we just go try it out. And, and, and so it becomes a formula, or it becomes a, a, um, you know, uh, like it's a prescription. Like this is, this is how, you know, exactly how you're supposed to do it. I, I think that there's great things in the Lord's Prayer. In fact, I, I pray through the Lord's Prayer often. But what if it was meant to be more of a model? What if Jesus was saying, here, here's, here's like a, a skeleton framework, and then you kind of can like fill in the meat a little bit and, and let it become, become yours. So if it was a model, this is some of the stuff that I thought. If you're taking notes, these might be some good ones to take. If it was a model, I would say, number one, um, when, when he says, our Father, that this is, that he's talking about how we should approach God in prayer. When he's talking about our Father, I think he's saying, he's saying, wait, I, I'm your Father. So, so when you come to me in prayer, Jesus is saying to his disciples, when you come to, to, uh, to the Father in, or to God in prayer, come to him as he's, as he's a Father, not just, not just like some, like, big cosmic something in the sky but like he actually like like maybe come up onto his lap and and let him talk to you and may, may, like he's not scary like he he love he's been waiting for you to come to pray maybe you should pray to him like he's a father like a really good father i think i think too um it, it goes in it says hallowed be your name and and i think about this and i think as as, as a model that not only do we think of, we approach him as a father, but then before we ask him for anything, before we, we, before we pour out and contend for our needs or anything like that, that we give him praise and glory and honor. That, that so not only I'm approaching him as a father, but I'm also, I'm also giving him honor and praise before requests and needs. Honor and praise before requests and needs. You think that could probably like reset much of our prayer life if we gave him honor and praise before requests and needs, don't you think? We, just say, we, we know that we've got this thing we've got to present before him, but before we just push pause on our need for a second, we just tell him how good he is, how much we love him. God, we, I honor you. Hallowed be your name. And you just pause there for a second. 
Number three is I, I look at this, and, um, and he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. I, I think it, it, this, is, this was, if it was more of a motto instead of just like a, a you know, like a prescription here, if it, not a formula, if this was just a motto, maybe it was, we're, we're coming into agreement with his ultimate macro plan and his specific micro plan. We're, we're coming into agreement with his ultimate macro, macro is big, we're coming into agreement with his ultimate macro plan and his, and his specific micro plan. When, when I'm praying this, your kingdom come, your will be done, how many know that his kingdom will actually come someday? That he's got a kingdom that'll come. There is, he is actually coming back to earth. It's not, he's not coming back to Chicago. He's coming back to Jerusalem. It'll be on the Mount of Olives. He's going to set up a kingdom. The, the, the new heaven and new earth is going to drop into to that little, is it sacrilegious to say that little strip of bacon over there? He's going to come. He's going to come and he's going to set up a, he's going to set up a kingdom. And so when, I'm, when he, says, he says, pray like this, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done, we are absolutely agreeing that his ultimate plan, man, there's some crazy stuff happening in government right now in America. Like we should probably pray for that. Well, there, there's, there's things, there's government shutdowns, there's, there's division, there's all kinds of stuff, heads, heads are falling off, like all kinds of things are going, all kinds of things are going wrong. How should I pray? Well, the first thing I should pray is, God, man, this is only like here one day and gone the next. This, this is but a vapor. Lord, I come into agreement. Your ultimate kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Even so, come Lord Jesus, right? But you know, he's also teaching us to pray that his micro will, his specific, mi- in fact, it's his kingdom can come into my life. Not only is it he's a king and he knows he's a king and he's coming back to Jerusalem, but he wants his rule. The kingdom is the king's domain. He wants his rule and his reign to come into your family. Wouldn't it be a good idea if his kingdom like, was evident in your marriage and in your home and in your business and in your health? What would it look like if his kingdom showed up in your body? What would it look like if his kingdom was, was, was known and present in this church and in our, in our homes and in our city? And so we're not only praying for the future, it's, it's the now and later principle of God. We, we're like, I know that his kingdom is coming, but his kingdom is also here. Man, Jesus talked like that. He says, he says man, if I cast out this, this demon, whatever, the, then you know that the kingdom of heaven is among you. John talked about how the kingdom was in us. He says, he's, he says, man, out of this belly will flow what? Rivers. Like he's in you and he's on you and he's around you. There's a kingdom coming and there's a kingdom at hand. So part of our prayer, the Lord's Prayer, man, I don't know if you've ever heard the Lord's Prayer that way, but man, there was just heat on the Lord's Prayer for the first time in years, right? Is where we come into agreement with his ultimate macro plan and his specific micro plan. Number four, um, when, when, when we're looking at the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us today our daily bread. And I was just looking at this. If, it was, if this was just a model, if this was like, okay, he's just, he's just giving me some skeleton framework and I can fill in the meat here, then, then maybe what he's telling me is, is that he's a today God and a daily walk God. Maybe he's saying, he said, hey, I, I want to be part of your life 
today. I, I want you to ask me, like, today. Let, let's not worry as much about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. But I want you to ask me today. Like, I don't want you to just come to me when you've got the big thing going on. How many know it's important to come to God with your big things? It's important to come to God with those things that you need breakthrough in and, and the, like the big idea things, the, the things that are coming up six months from now or the things that have been happening. But how many also know that he wants us to come daily? Give us today, he's a today God. Give us today our daily bread. Man, if it's been a long time since you've talked to God, I'd say start getting your prayer on. If it's been a long time since, like, maybe, like, church is like, like, this is the, the fill-up station, and then you just go throughout the week, and you don't fill up anymore, and you just come each week on empty, you fill up, and you go. Do you know that, that this was never designed to be a fill-up station? You were designed to be a fill-up station. You were designed to, to follow the model of this prayer where he says, I'm a today God, and I'm a daily bread God. If, if I were looking at the, the rest of this, it, he goes on and, and he says, and, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And, and I, I think about this is that, um, to me, it just means he desires closeness. How do, why would you say that, Pastor Jonathan? Because sin and unforgiveness create distance. He, he, he's not uh, like this big angry God with a bat looking for the first moment you mess up. He, he's a God who desires closeness. And it's just part of the principle of the kingdom is that when I sin, it creates relational gap. He doesn't love me any different. He doesn't, my identity's the same. All of that stuff's the same. But it creates relational gap. When there's sin, there's distance. He didn't move, I moved. When there's unforgiveness, there's distance. If I can't forgive, he can't forgive. That's just what the Bible says. So, so when, you, when we read this, read this prayer, we read this model, then he's saying, hey, guess what, guys? Whatever you got to do to get back in close relationship with me, do that. Uh, confess your sins. Uh, uh, forgive people just as you're, uh, you're you know, and, 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 and let, and I'm sorry, what, I've been just going off script. Uh, uh, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So forgive me, and, and I'm also forgiving people. We go on. Verse 13 says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I look at that and I say, well, just bottom line for me, this motto of this Lord's Prayer is that there's a spiritual battle and we can't do it on our own. I, I could try to do it on my own. I mean, any of you think, man, you know what? I'm, I'm talented enough. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm educated enough or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It, we get going in our own way, and, and every once in a while, like, like we hear from God, and we're like, okay, I'll, I'll take it from here, Lord, and we go on. Do you know the Bible says in Ephesians 6 that our battle is not against flesh and blood? In other words, our battle is not against people, but our battle is against the spiritual forces of what? Evil in the heavenly what? Realms? Man, there is so much going on behind the scenes. Like, I bet if we could peel back this, like, this physical realm right now, I bet we would see angels and demons just, like, fighting over us. I bet, you know, uh, some of those, some of those old-time authors that wrote books back in the day that talked about the angel on one side and a demon on the other, I bet they got, I bet, I bet there's, there's something almost accurate about that. <laughs> Because there is a battle for your life. The devil hates your guts and has a horrible plan for you. And God has an amazing plan for you and loves your 
God's guts, I guess. Man, so so when I when I read this verse, I I think I think well well maybe maybe this is more than just like uh, God uh, d- deliver me from temptation. I mean it, it's part of that and and deliver us from evil. But maybe it's just more as a model. Hey, um, I can't do this on my own. Like I was never designed to do this on my own. I was designed to do this with him. It's out of relationship and it's with him and, and we're hand in hand and he's right with me and no matter what I face, we can face this thing together and, and the enemy's got to flee and, and there's you know, no weapon formed against us shall prosper and greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And, and Does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me. I just can't do this on my own is what I, is what I kind of view that verse as. And then if we're reading in the King James, any of you, any of you rocking the King James today? You brought it with you? You guys have, you guys have the extra verse. <laughs> Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. I just think, man, he bookends it. Starts off with praise and honor and ends it with praise and honor. Maybe if our model for prayer was was. God, I, I start off giving you praise and honor and thanks, and then I end it with praise and honor and thanks. Anybody think that's a good day? Be a good, a good thing to do? You guys still with me? Just a couple more minutes. Hmm. I just had a couple more things. I'm just wondering if I, if I should take time or not here. Who said that? All right, okay, all right. She said, Luke, Luke chapter eleven, starting verse five, says, "Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and this is this is after the so this is right in that same passage with the Lord's prayer, but in Luke's account, in, in Luke's account, he he shares the Lord's prayer, and then he goes on with this little story. He says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread at midnight. Right? Jesus is coming up with this this story." When was the last time you went to a friend at midnight and said, I need three loaves of bread? Any of you, any of you ever, ever read some of this and you're like, ha, ha, ha. I think the disciples were saying, ha, ha, ha. I mean, really? Okay. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. Why, why don't, like... I'm just thinking, like, why don't you guys just, like, go to sleep and then wake up in the next morning and then go? But this is Jesus' story, verse 7. And suppose the, it, the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The, Lord, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, like, like I'm angry at you. You woke me up. Yet, watch this, because of your shameless audacity. I love, I love the way the NIV puts this. Because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And so, Je- so Jesus goes on. He's, in other words, he's saying, in the same way, watch this. Verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks the door will be open. What do you see here? What is Jesus trying to get across here? He's like, he, he's like, uh, pray big prayers. Uh, my, my friend Bruce, he keeps reminding me in the last couple of weeks, he's like, he's like, just pray big prayers. Pray like the biggest ones and see if like they happen. Like, you know, like, 
He's God and I'm not. Pray big prayers. Jesus is saying, pray in such a way that it's almost as if like you were going to somebody's house at midnight to ask for bread and they didn't want you to come, but you knock and knock and knock and knock and knock. Finally they come and they're not gonna give it to you because they're a friend. They're gonna give it to you because they want you to just go away. He's like, you just keep knocking. You just keep knocking. You just keep knocking. You keep knocking. Knock until the door opens and knock until you get a breakthrough, he says. He says, pray big prayers. And don't just pray one big prayer and and then throw it up and and hope it happens. He says, you keep on praying. You bring that every day. For some reason, like we think, like if I just pray one prayer, I'll tell you what, he hears your one prayer, but I don't understand it all. This is what I know, is that he wants you to pray and keep on praying. Any of you ever had one of those types of prayers for your kids or for your body or for whatever it might be in in your family? And you're just, you pray and you pray and you pray. Anybody's still praying for the thing that needs breakthrough. And he says, you, you pray as if like you're knocking at midnight and, and eventually that door's gonna open because he just wants you to go away. You pray like that. You pray big prayers. I like what he says. He says, uh, for everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. It's like he wants you to seek. This is, this is, it's not just asking, but it's asking out of relationship. He's wanting you to seek him. You seek him. What, you, you guys know the verse in Jeremiah that if we seek him, we'll find him. If what? If we seek him with all our, all our heart. We pray big prayers. We seek the Lord, and then we don't. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I preached a sermon one time years and years ago. I don't think it, it wasn't at this church, but it was out of the uh, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. And I just proposed the thought, what if, like, it's the seventh day of marching around the city. And it's the seventh day and the sixth lap. Because on the seventh day, they walked, they walked, marched around seven times. What if on the sixth lap, somebody says, we're done? We're done. This is ridiculous. We've been marching around. This is now seven days, six laps. What if they gave up on the sixth lap? I wonder... I wonder how close we are sometimes to our breakthrough and then we just, we just stop. We just give up. He says, don't give up. Here's my last, here's my, here's my last scripture, James. I just think this is important for us this morning because we just need to know, uh, we just need to be taught how to pray sometimes. We just need to be, know, hey, it's okay. I don't have to be the pastor. I don't have to, I don't have, to have like, like some uh, extra connection. <laughs> like I can just be me. James chapter 5 says it this way. He says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. In, in other words, I look at that and say, well, you don't have to confess your sins to a pastor. You, you can, you can, but you can confess your sins to each other and you can pray for each other and watch what happens so that you may be healed. It just tells me that, that you know, that healing can come as a direct result of confession and prayer for each other. I think that's a really cool thing. And then it goes on. It says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Who's righteous? Who's righteous? You, you are, and I am. Why? Well, watch this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be what? Sin for us, so that in him, in who? In Jesus, in Christ, we might become the what? The righteousness of God. You're righteous. Even if you don't feel like you're righteous right now, if you're in Christ, you're righteous. I, I think that's good. And the prayer of a righteous person is powerful 
and effective. In other words, God's saying here through this verse that even if you don't think you're righteous and feel like you're righteous and you wake up and you're tired or whatever, your prayers are powerful. Your prayers, your prayers are powerful. And then we're compared to Elijah. Man, I love this. Any of you ever studied Elijah and know like he's the one that called down fire from heaven on a sacrifice? He was praying and, and there was prophets of Baal and Asherah and then there's Elijah and he just says, he says, okay, uh, let's dig a trench and let's drench this whole thing with water, not conducive to fire. And he drenches it with water, all of this stuff. And then he just says, oh God, if you're, if you're real, would you come? I'm like, ev- evident, like he, couldn't, he couldn't fake it because there was water all over the place. This was Elijah, and fire falls, consumes the water, consumes the stones, consumes the sacrifice. I mean, Elijah had miracles, dead people coming back to life, food coming out of nowhere. And he says, Elijah was a a human. He was a man. He was just like you and just like me. And he prayed, and it stopped raining. And then he prayed again, and it started raining. In other words, could we just maybe like, if we were to get one thing out of this today, like when you pray, God listens and God responds. What if you thought like that every time you prayed? What if, what if you knew, man, if I prayed for this church, thing, things could happen. If I prayed for that person sitting next to me, like things could happen. If I, if I prayed for my workplace and my co-workers and, and Walmart and if I prayed for my pastor and his family and the staff and everything, like what what if I if I pray things happen maybe maybe I'm, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not trying to guilt you into anything but maybe you'd come out to special prayer times because you realize your prayers matter like like when you voice your prayers he hears you and responds hey for these next these next seven days especially but man this whole this whole year, your whole life. <laughs> but in these next seven days as we're like on the home stretch of praying and fasting, would you remember this? That when you talk to God, He listens and He responds. Your prayers are powerful. Pastor Kelly, you want to come? and Hopefully that's helpful, guys. Jesus. Can we stand together? I went a little bit long today. Some people are waking up right now. Yeah, we're just we're just going into the, the the prayer part now, okay guys, if you're if you were asleep. <laughs> oh, you guys love me, don't you? Jesus. Let's just put our hands out in front of us, if you're willing. Just in a receiving motion. Let's just Lord, we just thank you for who you are. Thank you that you love us like, like that theme this morning. And Lord, we ask that you would come close. You give us your heart. Lord, we want to know what's on your heart so that we can know what we should pray for. Lord, there's things that are on our heart and we do want to pray for those things. We want to present those things before you. But God, even more important, we want to know what's on your heart. So Lord, today, this week, would you whisper in our ears what's on your heart so that we could come into agreement with that? In Jesus' name. We're gonna go into this, this one 
last song, and if, uh, if you need prayer for anything, you want someone to agree with you in prayer for anything, uh, we've got prayer teams. They're going to come forward even right now. And anytime during the song or even when the song's over, you can come up and you can get prayer, and we're going to agree for breakthrough. Thank you, Lord.